Is this because of the duck thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh. Oh. I've not taken this hoodie off in a month and a half. And then when you're done, you feel the most shamed ever. There we go. Always fresh. What the, the story fuck is even classic, happening? Classic sort of story. It came out to high critical claim. And it's Pokemon Snap. If you're pressed to take, it goes <laughs> Like, what buddy. is going buddy. on? I was on, I was on edibles. <laughs> Not a pornography. This is a podcast. Uh, and you got the name wrong again. I, I like your duck shirt. Thanks. It's a duck. Welcome to Two Dads in a Podcast. One the movie podcast to the, rule them all. The battle. Two, ba- two dads <laughs> in a podcast. The battle. Yeah, that's that's we what I'm going with. Battle of Five Armies versus. The Hobbit. I, I thought it was called There and Back Again, according to this one website I found. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's. I, I think the only thing called that is Bilbo's book. Yeah, but, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Anywho, would have been a yeah. better name. Not really. <laughs> would have made no sense. Nope. For the complete series, like for the book There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Tale. Yeah, right. That right, but makes sense just because the, he the went there movie? and came back. That's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, okay, again, there's a lot of this movie, the the problems with this, not problems, the, the differences between the book and the movie has been established. So we can run through a few of those. Um, Azog, already met him, you know. Yep, Legolas, Azog doesn't exist, he's dead. Already there. Uh, Legolas isn't in the book. What, what's her name, Tariel? Doesn't She's exist at here. all. <laughs> there's actually only one female character, I think, in the whole book. And that would be Gladriel. Yes. Um, so Radagast he's established. He's only mentioned. Right. right. So those uh, things are established. Those things we're not going to go super in depth in see. Uh, because Smog Smog is is about fifty times, times larger. <laughs> oh man, you went ten times. I went fifty. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be generous <laughs> to the film. <laughs> he's right. so so much bigger in the movie, but we appreciate that. Because right, that is, it, it's not that a is bad media, thing. That's, that's movie magic, you know? So, we'll, we'll, we'll start off. We'll start off at the beginning, because, you know, we, we've, we've gone through the two movies. There's been some pretty significant things and some, some minor things. So, we'll start right. off with a couple of the minor things, because the significant differences don't really hit until the battle really starts. So, in the beginning, you know, the, the, in the film, Bilbo and the dwarves, they watch the battle or watch Smog set Lake Town on fire and oh, set it ablaze and he's destroying everything. There's like nothing left. The town's in shambles. They get a big ass fucking bow arrow and shoot him down in his fucking and then the dude's getting pulled on the boat through the town and he gets strung up in the dragon. No, no. Hey, 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 buddy. Oh. Hey, buddy what, what did it no nope. that was in the that was, i was doing the book stuff right Mm-mm. i was the, nope none of that in okay. the book bilbo and the dwarves literally hide like little bitches <laughs> <laughs> no, no they, they were hiding in a tunnel in They're, lake lake town right in the no. book there were dwarves there no but in the movie there were a couple dwarves in in lake town during the attack and no they were all at the Lonely Mountain, hiding yeah, in this much. tunnel. I mean, they they fucked so, that up in the movie before. Like they had already they already established that these that characters were going to be, be in the, the town, 
And yeah. I, I, again, you know, we talked about it. I don't understand why they had to do that. The only reason they did that was to further this imaginary love interest between Tariel and <laughs> between a character they made up. Yeah. And, and uh, a dwarf. They did that simply because they felt there needed to be a love interest in the movie. And there didn't, there didn't need to be, this is a fantasy no. book. It's doesn't have to be a love. It's not a romance book. I mean, they create a love interest between the audience and the moviegoers when they introduced Legolas. So, like, job accomplished. Yeah. Which, by the way, was not a stretch, and he is in this movie, was not a stretch because his father is extensively in, in the movie. Yes. And it, 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 That's fine. You know, again, we said that's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. You know, another thing that's not a big deal, talking birds. Yeah. You know what? See, the, I'm never against not putting talking animals in movies because <laughs> i think talking animals often ruin movies when they don't need to be there there was an other way around this you know so you, I, you I could have provided the same effect the dwarves watching smog get killed makes sense because in the book they they were told by a talking bird to, that told them that smog was yeah. dead you know bard talked to a talking bird and and so there there that, oh, that was going on in the books. That's that's fine. This is one of those things that it wasn't something that changed the story so drastically, right? That and, it was you know incomprehensible from its source material. So that's yeah. That's and fine. like like I've said, talking animals have ruined live action movies in the past. <laughs> Just tiptoe around this landmine. Yes, yes. Now one thing. This is one of the bigger things that. Well, no, we'll, we'll back up a little bit. We'll back up a little bit. One thing that did kind of irk me a little bit about the the film versus book is the full elongated battle at the 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 necromancer with the necromancer and yeah. and the ghosts and the orcs and they were going to cut off Gandalf's hand just like in the book and then Galadriel comes in and she disintegrates them so, and- well, 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 well. she goes all dark and starts roll, roll. <laughs> you know um and, and they well like and gandalf and them they they fight ghosts and and you know that's cool i think in in tech technically that kind of stuff did happen in the lore I, I can't remember. It's been so long you since know, I've read some what, of the extended lore. One of the things that this scene does that does lend itself to the next trilogy is it establishes it- he is <laughs> firmly now a floating eye. He's not just in the shadows. Yeah, he's not. He's he's an entity in this. And, and yeah. I like that it shows how powerful he is when he's not complete. And that does, right. like you said, it does lend more. So if somebody goes to watch these movies now... And they start with The Hobbit, so they have that chronological order. You know, they're going to kind of have an idea who Sauron is going into The Lord of the Rings if they're unfamiliar. So I don't mind that so much. I do feel like it was a little overly dramatic. The one thing I do appreciate about this scene, again, to set up the further movies, which you're absolutely correct. It was a little little more dramatic than it needed to be. It could have been a little simpler. But if you notice, Galadriel, uh, uh, Gandalf, 
And what was was Radagast Elrond. there? It also? was Elrond. Elrond, and I think Elrond. Radagast may have shown up for a second, but I know Elrond was they there. They take off, and what you're left is Sauron and Saruman. Now, nothing is said, nothing happens, but you do know but from the later that movies, a little that bit there of inference are, there, and I do like that. Yeah. So you're there are a lot of times in the, in the later trilogy where Sauron talks directly to an individual through uh, telepathy i don't fucking know what they want to call it just through yeah, his eyeball to eyeball he just shoots that the information right. <laughs> into your eyes with his own eye beams <laughs> you can kind of <laughs> infer that that's what's happening is they are having a conversation something is happening that we discover about later so I'm okay with that part of it, but you're absolutely right. It is an extreme dramatic scene just so they can introduce the nine kings, the ring race before their ring race, just so they can, they can, the the nine, the nine men, the nine kings of men. Yeah. I, I, I I think it's it's just one of those scenes that I feel like could have gone without, but I understand having that little bit of extra in there. They wanted to have the, the film yeah. be a little bit longer, have a little bit more background. And so it's it's hit and miss on that scene, so I'm not as, yeah. as bothered I, by it. But I it's think something carry, I got carried away with gone some of it. A little bit smoother. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Definitely. So but moving back forward, we're we're right before the battle, you know, Bilbo is walking up to Bard and Gandalf with the uh, the Elf King. You know, they're just standing there all together. I don't know why they do such small things and remove so much more that can be <laughs> dramatic. Things that were dramatic, that have a little bit more element of surprise. Why did they remove this? So in the book, <laughs> it's something so small, but it irks me. It irks me. I don't know why I'm going on about this so long. I like, I like these things. It irks me. So Bilbo meets Bard by the fire with the Elf King, and then Gandalf reveals himself later. A little dramatic reveal, that kind of movie magic that you would think, no, in the film, he literally just walks straight up to Bard and Gandalf. Why? It's such a small thing. Uh, Hey there, Gandalf. Okay. Howdy y'all. It's Uh, me, Gandalf. I'm done raging a little bit. I've got a beard. I've got a staff. My I'm, cloak I'm, is gray. I am not yet the white Gandalf <laughs> that you will so, come to know me as. Sorry, that's so my Gandalf. Sh- shortly after that, you know, we've got uh, we've got the battle that's going on a little bit. We've got oh the battle of gosh. the armies. You know the, elf, the elves are the the elves. The elves are there. The other dwarves <laughs> have shown up. They've got they're fighting is, this orc okay. army. And before we like dive into oh, oh, it, okay, okay, okay. We just have to set up this battle in this movie is half the movie almost. It really is. It's huge. Um, in the it's, book. It, it's maybe like a chapter, two chapters, a, a handful of pages. Yeah. So there's a stark difference in the importance. You're talking about a battle in the book that is maybe four to five, four to six thousand people involved on both sides combined. And in the movie, it's over one hundred thousand cgi characters not even including the set people like the the physical bodies ridiculous how large they made this battle and it's not this big it's not this huge yes was it a battle of of five armies sure that's what it was that's what happened there were five different armies that were all fighting so instead of focusing on the movie part of this because there's so much added to it it'd just be easier to focus on the book part of it yep 
Yep. So and just pick out some. One of the things that I know bothered both of us to an extent because it could have set up so much more for Lord of the Rings and so much so much drastic comparison even right. is how little in the movie Bilbo uses the ring to hide. It's crazy. It seems like, first of all, off, we, we've mentioned show, so often that they were lacking on source material. Well, how much easier than to throw in like a few, like two, three Him minute scenes. Putting on the ring for just a couple minutes and running around the battle. Like you, you were know, saying earlier today, he puts it on a fucking lot. Like, yeah. He's he like, uses it more. Well, we'll get into we'll get into Lord of the Rings in depth more later. But he uses it more than Frodo did ever right. did. And, and first there's off, a very different element here where Bilbo doesn't have the the effects that Frodo it's not had. Something to be feared yet. And, and you're talking about a movie who introduces the physical being uh, of like the what we know uh, of Sauron, you know, in the next trilogy and. We have this physical being uh, of Sauron that is set, and in the the next trilogy, there's there's a difference in the adverse effects of this ring. Yeah, and because he doesn't have the power over the ring as of right now, and it's very obvious he doesn't because there's no talk of it in the book or even in the movie. There's no talk of all these, you know, this rough thing, and he right. can see the spectral well, being and all this. Yeah, no. And it, in the movie, it's sort of described as like a rumbling. It's like a magic it's, ring that you put on and it makes you invisible. How like fucking this, awesome this, is that? <laughs> this darkness that is looming is sort of just a rumbling in the air. It's it's not yet tangible. A and you could very distinctly draw that difference in this movie, but they didn't. Why? Yep. Why did we? Yep. And, and another thing that why... Why did they change? You know, in the book, Bilbo's running around. He's got a helmet on and it saves him from being killed. In the film, he gets hit on the head and doesn't phase him. <laughs> Why not just put a damn helmet on the dude? You know I don't what? understand and, it. And there's like lack of the source dwarves. material. Lack of source material. <laughs> with the dwarves, they make such changes to these dwarves. And you, sh uh, you talked about your ire for that in the past two movies for me it really hits hardest in this movie oh yeah where mm -hmm. it shows like they've painted thorin as such an asshole up till now just this like you said this this greedy fucking prick and now now you have to redeem him somehow so you give him a, a now a mind you in the book he was a bit greedy especially after they found the arkenstone right. but that was after they found the arkenstone that was after he found the corrupted like it literally is a a a, a stone that corrupts people yeah. that's what it is <laughs> You know, so I get that, you know, but he wasn't an asshole all the time. He had a great relationship with Gandalf and with Bilbo right. in the book. And I feel like I feel like in the movie, he's more an asshole than he's not an asshole. And so you have to give him this heroic dub, which isn't his. Yep. It's just not his win to have. And, and you made a good point for why you should stay true to the book in this one. Look, look, they, they had Thorn kill Bulg. To redeem him. But in the book, Bjorn, right. this beast man, this bear man, this giant, heroic, like, he kills him. How yeah. badass would it have been Honestly, to have that Bjorn been cool, like running in, transforming <laughs> into a bear and swiping him the fuck down? Like, oh my god, that, that would be so badass cool. on yeah. film. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this isn't the only part where dwarves 
have gotten screwed over in the movie during this battle of of armies because a a few of them kind of get killed off in sort of a very anticlimactic way yeah that's a great way of putting it feely and Um, keely we know they die i didn't know they die if you read the book we know they die if you watch the movie but in the book it was so much better they died with pride they died heroically they died they, they defending the king i mean how much better would that have been to have feely and keely come in here save thorin no but they had to make thorin look like this all-powerful superhero which and again he's, you he's wouldn't not. have had to do if you didn't paint him as a dick for a movie and a half before this yeah i mean yeah, they, I, just, they had Feely and Keely killed by... They're, they're scouting goblins? Yeah. Scouting? Scouting yep, they died exactly. on a scouting mission? These these dwarves who have literally been in a dragon's den and fought trolls <laughs> and, you know, they were in the goblin's nest with the king goblin and they die scouting? Yeah, I didn't like that. So that, that bugged me the No, most. that was my favorite part. No. <laughs> no that was god awful and why not keep it so much more accurate to the book and have them defend their king you could still make thorin out to be the the big bad bad good guy you know the the superhero kind of guy you can still make him out to do that and have his people fighting for him because you know guess what if he wasn't an asshole the whole fucking time they would have wanted to be there (laughs) right so we're approaching the end of the movie now the book the book ends really fast right like the 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 battle's over bilbo goes home and he writes his book no i that i think that's the film you're mixing them up again god damn it yep okay so here is so one you're of the... saying that they had source material for the movies yes and they chose not to use it in this instance why why though so well, you know what? These movies really aren't leading to anything, though. So you might as well just wrap it up fast. So he, this is probably one of the biggest changes from book to movie, and it's the end. And how do you screw this up when you literally have this huge source material? Sure. <laughs> look, look. Well, does it mean the ending could have been longer than twenty minutes after the battle? Sure. <laughs> But here's the thing. In the book, Bard gives Bilbo two chests, one filled with gold, one filled with silver. Hey, Lord of the Rings established that Bilbo was filthy rich. I wonder where that money came from. I think relatives were trying to pound his door down to get at him in his inheritance. Bilbo gives a silver and pearl necklace to the Elven King for thanking him, for helping them during this fight to show a sign of, you know, this joint effort that they did that's big especially as a as a noble you know thing that the hobbits could have done to form a hobbit and elf relationship that's huge right and then this is probably the biggest thing bilbo gandalf and bjorn travel around the north of the mirkwood forest where they had all these major problems at before and then they stay with bjorn for a little bit and then they go to rivendell That is an entire epilogue of traveling and stuff that, you know, they could have had these conversations and set up more things. And honestly, it would have just been kind of cool to get this conclusion and like, hey, Bilbo, you did a great job. You get to to enjoy your life now. It would be awesome 
for the movies to be able to explore Middle Earth a little bit more without it being a nonstop action sequence. For yes, one. yes. And, for and I two, think that's the one of the biggest things. When we talk about Bilbo's life, it's already established. We've already established this because we had a trilogy before these movies came out. And what we know from that is that he was well-traveled. Well, when at this point, because he's he hasn't been able to experience or live anything. They mention all these places he has visited, but they don't but- actually visit them in the movie. But we know he's a well-traveled man, and we we know he has maps on top of maps of the entire well, Middle Earth. Well, to be Earth fair, I, they did go to Rivendell for a short period, because that we talked about that in the, the, the last one, where uh, they sneak out, right? And they don't leave, and yeah. they well, leave Gandalf the, all to himself, right? In the movie, he's in prison the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's... Uh, but well, that was the last episode. Go, go listen to that. Uh, one other thing, right before the end, you know, Bilbo shown carrying a chest when he says goodbye to Gandalf in the movie. And that's pretty much it. Like, he says goodbye and he's got this chest. But right. what they don't show, what they don't give the audience is that they went back to the troll cave. And I love this element of the book where they go back to practically where it began. This is the first, one of the first major points in the book that action Dude. really happened. And they go back to the troll cave, they dig up this chest, and in the book they split the treasure, putting it on their horses, and then they travel. But in the book, or in the in the, in the movie, it's just, oh hey, bye Gandalf, I've got this chest now. Right. And what, what gets me is, you know, in the first two Hobbit movies, they used source material from the appendices. They used this extra stuff to fill yeah. out the world, to fill out what we technically already kind of know is going on if you've read the books to kind of extend the world and i like that because it kind of it almost felt necessary to have this little bit of background and and filling out the story and then in this one uh, it's completely unnecessary elongating this huge battle that takes up 50 percent of the film which when you're running three hours an hour and a half of non-stop combat is rough man it's, right. a, it's rough to watch, honestly. Changing up so much of the end where they had this material, they could have gone on this travel, they could have went around Mirkwood. Sure, you could even could have even written in them fighting off some spiders or something again. That would have been a, a welcomed tie-in because you don't travel around Mirkwood without anything happening. Right. You know, and then they go and stay with Bjorn. They and then they go to Rivendell. How cool would it have been to see just this sil- you know, silhouetted Rivendell in the background of a, a beautiful landscape again. And yeah, they really, tying they really it in. did nothing to tie in the trilogies. Um, uh, after the battle, after after he goes home to write his book, they don't tie it he in. He just at goes all. home and, and you see him open up a book. Honestly, a extremely liberal take that I would have been okay with would be to you could have even you could have cut that that battle down even further, but gone even further and put some of the history between the two trilogies in. Oh yeah, that would have been that would have been good, but it would have been too slow. People don't want people don't want information in their movies. They want blood and guts and gore and fights. Right. We didn't have twenty endings at the end of the Return of the King or anything. So <laughs> we have to get, we'll get down there. to we'll brass tacks. We have to get down to brass tacks. So what did you think of the movie, and then what did you think of the trilogy of, as a whole? Because we have to wrap this up in a nice tidy bow so, so again can move on 
you know, we've talked about this the last couple times. If you separate the movie from its source material, it's not a terrible movie. It is extremely action heavy, which does wear on you a little bit. It, it, it you know, and, and I do want to preface this in saying that in this one, the extended edition is only about 20 minutes longer than the, the theatrical edition. So you're it, it, watch one or the other. You're not missing much. So that that's why I didn't really talk about that in comparison to some of the others. But the movie itself, it's it's not terrible. And if you've never read the book, you're not going to see a lot of these things be a hindrance to the story. I just feel like right. as book to movie, they had more source material than they wanted to admit that they could have improved on, that they could have yeah. changed some of these scenes and made it more dramatic, made it but dr- more dramatic that fit the book, that fit the source material. You know, the, no. I think the biggest thing for the movie that makes this honestly my least favorite of the three is a lot of the CG was not great <laughs> in this no. one, especially especially with the, the combat and the battles. This is uh, where I, I differ from you, because it is my favorite of the three. Oh, and that's because oh, no. If okay, let me let me take that back. Let me roll that back and say that the downhill river scene in the barrels was the absolute worst. <laughs> so if, no, if okay. This goes this goes to my second. I think the first if, one if was my favorite. If you are separating it movie from book and taking it as as its own entity of the three, it's the easiest to follow. It makes the most sense. It is the easiest to follow. I will give you that. Which. As as just if if I'm just a layman watching this movie, I can watch this movie and have a good time watching it, and I, I don't have to know much else about anything. I don't, I barely even need to know anything about the first two movies, and I can still watch this movie. The battle sequences. I, I think I think that might be because you can just tone out everything, and you're just watching combat, and that's right. always at least a little inter- entertaining. To be honest, it's not bad action sequences like no they're really interesting fights it's they're, a, it's they're choreographed really interesting pretty well movie. you know they they've got you know these different species and these different races fighting each other which is which is cool which is cool yeah I, so so for me like if you're just looking at it as a movie this for me this is the best of the trilogy like i said because you, you i would can say watch second, it independently. because i had I, I i blocked out i was so traumatized by the downhill river scene that i completely <laughs> forgot about it so remembering that you know, this this is second this is i i think the first one did the best job at sticking fairly close to the source material well yeah but see i'm separating the two i'm i'm just okay. criti- i'm just yeah, doing yeah, a critique yeah. of a movie fair, fair. Uh, as a movie i think this one panders and does a better job um it, it's more coherent it's more linear it, it, it's very plot driven it's easy to follow it's easy to get into so it's, it's to, like, to play that advocate though yeah um book to movie what did you think what wh- how would you place it movie, where, where would you place it? i think by the time you got here book to movie you had done so much that you couldn't undo it yeah um i, I think you're 100 percent. i, I correct feel like on you that. were already on the path you you had to see it through and honestly knowing sort of how it's done they, the, the whole thing all three were probably written at once at least an outline you had the storyboard probably mm-hmm. um, the whole as, thing, as fast yeah. paced as they moved you had to store you probably had to storyboard all of it as and again this was a fucking rush job this this wasn't they didn't have the time to produce and set and, and you even had your directors for the movie pull out because they kept getting delayed 
So you you're again starting sort of from scratch after even after that. So it wasn't good conditions. I think for what they were for 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 how it was dealt with, they they pulled now, off something that you could be proud of. I will of. say, I will say, you know, talking about all of this, we talk about this as a trilogy. I think it got so much more hate than it deserved. Especially if you, you know, we've talked about this and we've mentioned it. We just talked about it. Separate the source material if you really want to enjoy this. You can't go in expecting everything to be exactly the same. That never happens in book to movie. Never. Well, yeah, look at uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> you know, look at the Narnia movies. Oh, my gosh. L- you know, They're look at Harry Potter. You know, one of the sources. biggest, most popular books to movies. You know, you're not going to fit everything in. You're not going to get everything exact. The biggest and thing... There are going to be haters, uh, always. Um, but now... We we set this topic. We we knew we were setting this topic. We knew it was going to be a deep dive analysis, and we were going to tear this to shreds. With but, that being said, we've already established we love the movies. Yeah, we love we love the trilogy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know, if I were to give the entire trilogy a a rating, let's go a five star rating because we like the number five. We like our top fives. So, sure. what would your five star rating be? For the entire trilogy. As a whole, 3.5. Three and a half is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. It, <laughs> it's enjoyable. It's better than average, but it's not something that broke the mold. It's not the best thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. It's something I can sit down and something, you know, I'll occasionally go back and watch again, maybe right. every couple years or so. But it's not like, you know, I'm going back and watching the, you know, it's not a five out of five movie where I'm going to watch it every year, you know, sometimes For multiple me, times a year. Yeah. The reason why I, I pay it so low is one you've mentioned, the effects. The effects were rushed. It just wasn't as, as good as quality. But if you compare them to other movies they, around they the time. They should have done a lot more practical effects and it would have increased the the likability of this so much better but they decided to go special effects for 90 percent of what happened and i I think they suffered for it but honestly that's why it's still a 3.5 because for the time there's still better effects than a lot of the movies that are out there yeah i mean Um, don't get me wrong i mean watch (laughs) some cw shows uh (laughs) if you're coming from the last episode i do not apologize the script writing Always good when you got Peter Jackson, uh, Philippa, Fran, the this trio of scriptwriters is, is they, great. I think they did a great job. I think they even did a good job at the writing, at least for these made up characters. I don't like right, the made up characters, right. but the writing for them was not bad. And they made it make sense for the world that they created. The the reason why I it suffers at a three point five from me, which is still a good rating, but it suffers at a three point five because if you're just somebody who knows nothing about the movies, it's going to be harder for you to watch all three. Just it, it's it's the nature of the beast. They're long. They're they are long, often especially not the extended editions. Which, yeah. if you're going, I will be honest. If you're going to watch these, don't watch the theatrical. If you have a chance to get the extended and watch the extended, they are so much better. Yeah, they I, add I always in more them. from the books. They add in more information, more depth. But and they fix some things. They as, do. As, they legitimately will go and change some of the scenes and alter the scenes just to fix it and make it more accurate. And I, and I really appreciate that. Right. So 
Now, but like I said, they are long. They're harder to watch if you're not invested in them. Um, the nature of it is that it's not, you don't have time to explain it because you're fitting so much in to begin with, you so, know? Let's let's finish this up. We've we've got we're we're leading into the Lord of the Rings. Let's right. we we rated the entire trilogy. Let's separate. What would you rate the first movie? Mm, four. Four is exactly for me. What would you rate the second? Three. And the third. The third. I will give it a three point five. I will I will bring it down to number two. So um, that is exactly, and that leaves us at our three and a half. We did not discuss these ratings beforehand, but that is exactly my ratings that I would give the, it to. The only reason I drop it back down, because independently, this movie would thrive. But if you were putting it as a trilogy, each movie comparing it to the other, number one is it does a much better job at its job. Or, you yep. know, that at its task than number three, because number three, um, it, one like the battle's too long and it doesn't wrap things up as tidy as it could have. It, yep, it, I 100% um, agree. Number what? two, I'm not sure what happened there. So there you have it, guys. There is <laughs> our deep dive into the Hobbit. Which let's finish truly with what would you rate the book? The book. Man, it's such a great kid's book. I'll give it a 4.5. Four and a half. Four and a half, I think, is the perfect... It's not the best book. It's not going to be, you know, breaking, groundbreaking. It's, but it is a fantastic not, young, yeah. you know, young adult or ki- slash, you know, older kid. Because I wouldn't say young kid. But it's a really solid kids, of, you know, of preteen, books, young adult. I think I've discussed this book. Of all the talking books, The Selmer Alien... Is, is my personal it's, favorite. It's I like also the hardest the to read because it is so boring, right. <laughs> but it's so informational. If you like history, right. <laughs> you're going to love that book. That's why I love that book. Um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which we will get work. into. We will get into, right. we'll get into the, the Hobbit, I think is his best work as a book. As, um, as just a simple story to, beginning to yeah. end it's short it's sweet it's you know got action it's got you know stealth it's got it, it is just a short sweet story that is enjoyable to read I and think, it's set in this fantastical fantasy realm you know and i love it bef- before people were trying to make the lord of the rings trilogy the, the hobbit i think was, was sort of more his more popular book it's the most poppy book there that he he has yep. you know um and like we said it's a, i give it a 4.5 you agree it's it's not harry potter it's not the first <laughs> harry potter book that first harry potter book is really good i can't say that about the all the harry potter books. yes which maybe sometime down really the road good. you know if you guys want to hear more of this after we do the lord of the rings maybe we could start deep diving into you know books and movies doing more comparisons right. giving some <laughs> reviews let us know uh, you could let us know if you want us to do that on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You could comment on one of our YouTube videos or just email us at 2dap2020 at gmail.com. That was almost a flawless transition from you. Almost. I tried. But, but you stumbled I on stumbled. the dismount. You can edit that in post. <laughs> oh, no, I'm leaving that part. I want you to edit me. So... Check us out on Patreon. We have extended interviews on Patreon. We, we have videos of me eating bowls of cereal. And if you contact us, uh, as TD instructed you, nay, demanded you do. Do it. 
<laughs> you can give us some more ideas for more content that you might want to see us do either on YouTube and it's only five five bucks a month for the Patreon and the honestly the extended interviews are brilliant. You can listen to t- solid twenty minutes of me and Bo Billingsley talking about UFOs, which is another hot button news item for the past couple weeks. So, anyways, next time on Two Dads and a Podcast. We need another top five. So by oh, the time I got you, 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 you oh, oh, he's I got, got me on the top, top five. five. All right. I'm going to so, leave it a mystery till next week. We've got our next interview with Danny Chambers. Uh, she is a fantastic nice. voice actor. She played yeah. the, the main character and the ancient Magnus bride. And it's a great interview. Um, I make it a bit awkward. Yeah. I and, might cut that. It's, it's nah, okay. Nah, leave it. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> Look, I was just stating out a fact. You guys laid out the information. It's not my fault that if you put the two side by side, Shrek the movie and Shrek the porn parody, it looks identical. <laughs> That's not my fault. It's not my fault for pointing that out. Okay. Um, okay. You you can cut that. <laughs> well, guys, as always, thanks for listening. We love porn parodies. And you. <laughs> <laughs> Not when you say it like that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>